Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. We are going to have another conversation this hour and we are joined by Dr. Martin Oloro. Dr. Oloro is an advocate, he is a law lecturer, he is an analyst and a commentator on very many things. Good morning, Dr. Harry. Thank you. Good morning very much. And uh, I think that uh, having listened to your profiles, mm. I think I'm just a street guy. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a, street, <laughs> a street guy. No, as guys, I can't tell. You mm. guys, I can tell. <laughs> the three of you. Uh, <laughs> good morning, our listeners. <laughs> Welcome. Good to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Nice to have you. Actually, it's good to be back. Mm. I miss this gang. Mm. I think uh, this cartel is one that you should wake up with in the it's morning. It's a good cartel. It's a good cartel. Cartel. Not all cartels are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cartel is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Some should be crushed. Yes. But some, so, some should let be let be. Some should be let <laughs> yeah. to survive. Yeah. You are going to hear the day's proverb from yeah. the court cartel Coco Champion. Yes, our proverbs for the whole of this week are mm. from the country of Rwanda. You can outdistance that which is running after you, but not what is running inside you. You can outdistance mm. that which is running after, after you, yes, but not what is running inside inside you. Inside you. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, a quick one. What do you think they are saying? They are saying that the only truth you cannot run away from is that that's inside you. There is you can skirt around mm -hmm. you can give excuses but not that that is in it yeah, in, yeah. so I, I think the it's, it's phenomenal you you cannot run away from your own demons no mm. so mm -hmm. like if like the cartels cannot run away from their uh, cartelism you can run away from whatever we're told mm. but what's inside you know stays Kabisa. Now, there's, um, it's good that you, you're here because you understand the law, you teach law, mm. uh, your students are practicing law. Mm. We need to understand something. On the 25th of February, that is uh, this year, there was a new office that was established, the Office of the Spouse to the Prime Cabinet Secretary. And uh, it's a uh, of the spouse to the, to the Prime Cabinet <laughs> Or to the office? Is it of the spouse to the office? Office of the spouse to the prime cabinet secretary. Thank you very much. Okay. The spouse mm -hmm. is of the prime cabinet secretary. The spouse is to the prime cabinet secretary. Got it. It's mm. office of the of spouse. The, now the office is belonging to the spouse. Mm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're clear so far. So mm. far so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, when it was launched uh, in Westlands, mm. in attendance of, of course, the prime cabinet secretary, mm. uh, his spouse Tessie and uh, several dignitaries as well as invited guests and they said the office will be focusing on improving the lives of children and families advancing causes that bring dignity to persons living with disabilities and the elderly it'll be enhancing health with an emphasis emphasis on maternal and child health care 
protection of the environment and improved sanitation and that is what it will be committed to promoting the well-being of Kenyan citizens by doing those things. And uh, the Honorable Musali Mudavadi, the Prime Cabinet Secretary, said, I believe the days when the spouses of political leaders only appear in ceremonies and say or do nothing are gone. Their contribution in our family setup should be mirrored to the larger society, for they learn so much from our daily leadership engagements. Forming the office of the spouse to the Prime Cabinet Secretary is a step in the right direction. He said Tessie, his wife, has stepped forward with Ushiriki Wema initiative to scale down the huge gap that lies within the, the differently abled people in society. Let us stand out and come forward as a society so that we can pull together and support Tessie in this noble cause that will impact many lives. Mm. Now, very many people reacted to this and they're like, what oh, do you mean you're creating an office? What, what, what do you mean what is it for now if you think if you look at what you know they say she's going to be doing she's going to be focusing on these particular issues and um the areas that, she, that the office will basically be, be be performing in they sound noble don't they they do they do sound they noble. Do. they do the question there is how what is the journey to creating such an office legally first of all let's separate the issues eh? Let us. let's separate good intentions let's separate concerns and um, the preoccupation that any Kenyan, whether they are a spouse of uh, the cabinet secretary or the spouse of the president, or indeed whether they are the spouse of a streets guy like myself, any Kenyan is free and perhaps is expected to have uh, some values and some virtues to live for and to want to make a difference in this country. So to that extent, that's absolutely spot on indeed it is something that uh, a spouse of any leader should do without even us knowing because they do for example you know for any of these people look look at um, uh, first lady rachel ruto she's been around a number of initiatives table banking whatnot you can't you can't um, write that off yep uh if you look at uh, maybe even uh, dorcas regardi uh, she's a, a pastor she's involved there's something there are things she's doing no problem about it mm. those are very important things the issue is why would you elevate those issues onto the state, onto the public, and therefore onto the state coffers? So why would the state have to support such good initiatives that could be funded from philanthropic, from well-wishers, from volunteers, and so on? Shouldn't those things go on the way they are proceeding without necessarily elevating them? Because the, what, what you do by the time you create an office, you're already formalizing it. And when you formalize it, then we expect that a budget line will come to it. And when a budget line is then uh, brought onto it, the questions begin. Mm. And so the question is, and these things, the real things that the state is supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah, they need a Isn't the state though. supposed to be championing poverty reduction? <coughs> Isn't the state supposed to be reducing uh, ill health? Isn't the state supposed to be reducing jiggers and whatever it is? So, in other words, there's a place where we expect that Kenyans will enjoy good life. Indeed, it's their constitutional right to enjoy good life, to expect good shelter to expect, uh, uh, you know, the highest in terms of anything that the state would do. So that's what the expectations is. 
Having said that, I guess you are pushing me to say, are these offices legal? Are these offices constitutional? And that is where our crisis begins. Mm -hmm. And when I say our crisis begins is this. In our constitutional uh, architecture, we have adopted the U.S. presidential system and that we have put offices, executive offices, around uh, the devolution, devolved structures, the county government, and around the office of the president. So that's where the, devolved, the executive power sits. So of necessity, you can expect that the spouses of those offices do exercise certain uh, functions that almost assume a certain official dom. So, yes, the spouses to governors do have initiatives that they have been pursuing or they pursue and those initi initiatives then tend to get attraction and also uh, funding from those uh, counties. Hmm. The office of the president, we have seen uh, Beyond Zero, uh, Margaret had a very good uh, program. Uh, I think the only one we didn't have a good program from the, so the spouse was uh, our good friend, uh, the late uh, MK, hmm. uh, for good reasons. Uh, but for the president who looking at we saw what Margaret was able to do, was doing. And that was perfect, beyond zero. Uh, we didn't see much of publicization around official dom on beyond zero. But there was a subtle, it was a subtle way in which it was operating from state house or, right or from whatever it was. But you knew there was a hand of government. Uh, uh, there was Rachel. a lot of official dom with uh, beyond zero. We even, even had a marathon. Yes. Where the president participated, yeah. yeah. But you see, the way it is, it comes out. Some it, it, the point I'm making is that it is something subtle somewhere. You see the president pop up, and you see the wife there, and and it's okay. Even uh, remember, Rachel has been having the marathon was for fundraising. Yes, mm. fundraising. Yes, yes. Which is a, a, yeah, which is a, a way in which you publicize it, but you also attract public support around it. <coughs> no problem around it. So. Why am I saying that we have a crisis? A crisis of, if we are reposing these kinds of uh, uh, responsibilities around spouses of the executives, then you do expect that you have that office around the presidency, you have that of office around the uh, governorship. Now, the crisis is, when Kawera Mwangaza is having his, uh, her spouse next to him, it's a crisis, it's a problem. She's being impeached. You can say, of course, that the guy was also overreaching himself by going to sit in the cabinet meetings. <laughs> and uh, So, the point... A, <laughs> a little bit. But for me, I empathized with that guy. I was like, surely, if it was some, if it was a female spouse, nobody would have bothered. But now this is a male spouse. And I empathize with uh, the Mr. Mwangaza. I empathize with my good friend, uh, Kamodo Eganjo. I would like to see him in the office of the spouse and what he does. Mm. Basically, what we are saying is that it should be something that we come to with a bit of soberness and expectation that if this is uh, some, something that is reposed within the executive, then we can see it the American style, mm. where, for example, we had Jill Biden here, uh, fairly with the official regalia coming to visit. And then you can expect a little bit of that in the governor's. And that would okay, be fine. you are dancing around this. Is, this is it legal or not? Legal? I have said, and this is what I want you to pick from me. Mm. The executive nature of offices that we create reposes 
uh, certain functions for spouses. Mm -hmm. That's why in the presidency, for example, and in the governorship, that executive nature does create that. And it has actually been created uh, legally, so to speak. Mm. Uh, governors have created that office yeah. uh, for their spouses, and so has the presidency created the office. So there is a, a path towards it. So, so it draws the budget, totally for example, illegal. the office of the first lady yeah. draws its budget from the office of the president. Yes. So similar to the office of the spouse of the deputy president. Yes. So when the presidency is receiving its budget, yes. that's where they'll also draw money to run the programs that they've indicated they will run. Yes. yes. Similar to the office of the spouse of the governor. Yes. So the office of the governor receives money, uh, budget line, and then that is what is basically used to run the functions of the office of the spouse to the governor mm. of Kirinyaka mm. County, for instance. Yes, yes. Okay. So is, is there's is there's room. There's and room. I'm, I'm talking about it from the executive perspective. There is there is no okay. constitutional overreach here. No. It's okay. So let's look at what then is in the constitution because we know that with the new constitution, the offices were clearly demarcated, and then who was able to run what with these provisions that you speak of right now. Now this position that we see, the office of the prime spouse. The office no, no, of no, I'm the talking of the 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 one prime that's the, the, the main the principal yes the prime cabinet the secretary the prime cabinet secretary now looking at that office this is the first time we've seen that at least ever since you know uh, the new constitution of 2010 so now when you ask if that office comes to the new administration I mean one would assume that that's ensconced in law that that was then stipulated for the question is by virtue of the fact that this office of the prime cabinet secretary has been established does it then automatically allow that the spouse to this office then should be made provision for do, do can i just append a question to yours please if i may append away mm -hmm. this office we speak of is it a legal office is it in law let's start there which uh, one the prime cabinet, prime cabinet secretary. i need to understand i i think that's the main question uh the office of the prime cabinet secretary is not it's neither a constitutional office nor is it a statute office okay it's not and uh, you know that when this office or when when the proposal came up uh, the current pre I mean, the president ruto said he was going to introduce a law to create that office mm. indeed when you look at the memorandum uh, that they signed between anc and uda it anticipated the creation of that office through statutory provision mm. so it's not and that has not yet. been done yet yeah therefore technically speaking this is an office like any other cabinet secretary's office yeah. which is established under the law and under the presidency now when i was saying about the executive repose and this constitutional mandate under crisis is that the problem we are having with that office is anticipates a prime minister okay now you i don't understand how you can have the prime minister system and the presidential system coexisting okay let's not call it prime minister then because it confuses the issue what if we call it chief minister so that's so if it's a chief minister then it is just what it is mm. because the problems we are, we are seeing 
is not just in the naming mm. it's now in the in the functions functions oh, so right. that when you begin to create the office of the spouse what you are actually doing is that you're entrenching that office mm. and uh, there's something that I, I must say early enough that we in Kenya and we in Africa have a problem we are preoccupied with the imperial the monarchy system and this is why every time we try to go to to define our system for example we have a presidential system mm. but we are still cut in looking for another big person so you have uh, a multi-party system we are still stuck with trying to find one big party system so that we want to exercise absolute power mm -hmm. and where we want to absolute to exercise absolute power it only then makes our image larger than life and even our spouses assume a larger than life affair and that's what we are dealing with here in the creation of the office of prime cabinet secretary so that we cannot have that office within a presidential system exercise such functions and the full uh, in in a fullness in the manner in which it's being uh, anticipated even in law because if you do that you are likely to run afoul mm. on our basic structure in the constitution let's start from that basic of whether this office of the prime cabinet secretary is legal or not executive order number one of 2023 that you know establishes the organization of government by the president talks about the office of the prime cabinet secretary and gives it five roles mm. role number one is to assist the president and the deputy in coordinating and supervising government ministries and state departments number two in liaison with the ministry responsible for interior national administration oversee implementation of national government policies programs and projects number three chairing and coordinating national government legislative agenda across all ministries and state departments in consultation with and for transmission to uh, the coalition leaders in parliament number four chairing ps committees and supervising technical monitoring and evaluation of government policies and number five performing any other functions assigned by the president is there anything that is untoward in any of those roles absolutely not and here is the reason mm. this is the president organizing his government assigning key functions to whoever he appoints using powers given to him to by him the as the president Mm -hmm. So he's the president reorganizing his office. The key issue for us is mm. when you look at the functions of uh, the deputy president, which are functions that are constitutional, would you see whether he's gone out of the constitution to assign it functions or is he keeping within the constitution? Or has he tried to give functions of the deputy president to the prime cabinet secretary? He has not in that mm. so he's been very careful and very cautious in terms of how he has separated the two functions mm. the function of the prime cabinet secretary is really an executive function it is a, a, a what you would call a leadership management function where he's assigning roles that are essentially coordinating uh, parliamentary and looking at processes that are cutting across ministries but in a way that assists him in fact the language that he's using assist the president, president. assist the deputy <coughs> president so he's asking for assistance mm. the language that is in the constitution about the deputy president is deputize the president yeah so that language is very important mm. and for that reason it is it is there's nothing wrong with what the president does because he's organizing his government and he's assigning functions does that 
make the office legal? Does it make it statutory? Does it make it constitutional? My answer is no. Hmm. What do you mean? Absolutely. Is there is any, it, there's no it, difference between this ministry, this uh, office, and the next one, which is the interior. You, you know, you know and what? Administration. Eric. Or defense. Eric. Or water and irrigation. Eric, there is what is called regulation or administrative action. Administrative action is not necessarily legal. When you are organizing government, the executive order number one of 2022 is the organization of government. That document belongs to the realm of public administration. It is not a legal constitutional document and therefore it does not confer legality. It confers legitimacy. It confers, uh, you know, a recourse or a, a point of reference but it does not confer legality. So what are we saying? That then it would be very possible for anybody, anybody, a concerned citizen, could then go to the courts and say that we are questioning the legality of this office and the likelihood that a court would listen and say, actually, almost like what we saw with the CAS positions, that in truth, yes. constitutionally, this office has not been properly established. Now, this is the most important point that we need to take home. When the legal experts questioned the, the, the establishment of the CAS, the Chief Administrative Secretary, they asked whether the process of public or creation of offices in the public service mm -hmm. had been followed. Yeah. What did uh, the President do? President Ruto followed that process, allowed the public service to do uh, what it needed to do, and advertised the position. Mm -hmm. What was the difference between this process and uh, President Uhuru's? President Uhuru simply appointed. Yes. He created the office and appointed. Yes. He never followed any due process. What the President Ruto did is he went and created the offices through the public service, mm -hmm. allowed the public service to interview. When they went to court, the court agreed, said, look, uh, we think the president has followed the process. Mm. And now it, the process, the, the, it's been, um, the recruitment has been allowed. Mm. So the issue was to create an office in public service, you need to go through a process. What is the process that the president has followed? Number one, he has used the administrative, uh, the executive order. Number two, he has created that office within his powers to appoint cabinet secretaries. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's actually a cabinet secretary appointment. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what it is. Only that roles have been assigned to that office that are coordinative in nature, assistive in nature, and therefore it makes the role answerable to the presidency. Now, what's the difference between what uh, the prime cabinet secretary is doing uh, in uh, uh, in Ruto's government and what the uh, Dr. Matiangi was doing in Uhuru's uh, government yeah. is that Uhuru assigned that again function with an executive order. But then the, the, uh, Dr. Matiangi was first among equals. So he wasn't uh, the prime secretary, but he was first among equals. Yeah, mm. was That's the point. Yeah, super CS. So that is the same thing that we are seeing here. His was not constitutional, neither was it, was it legal, it was administrative. Same to what we are seeing with the. Uh, with the Dr. Musalia Mudavadi. In your view, mm. is Dr. Mus is, uh, Musalia Mudavadi equal to Kithura Kindiki? He is not equal because what the president has done mm. is to give him, give him a little bit more powers that cut across. Now, what you are saying is Kithura Kindiki is 
responsible for coordination of national government. Now, coordination of national government for Kindiki is seen vertically. He's seen in terms of Nairobi down to the village. Mm -hmm. He's seen in terms of how that is coordinated from the village to the sub-counties, to the districts and regions, and eventually Nairobi. Mm -hmm. It is the role of the provincial administration, before called, now they call it the national government officers there. Yeah. That is the role. Now, the difference between that role and what Musalia's role is, that Musalia's role cuts at national level across ministries and so therefore he's coordinating that and in, in addition to that he is responsible for the legislative agenda of the national government which then means that he is responsible for, for parliamentary work mm. that you can say does it introduce any challenge between him and the ag on legislation and so on that's another conversation mm. but certainly because he's been given a higher role to coordinate he can sit within that and even coordinate those functions with Kithura Kindiki. So he's not like Kindiki. Kindiki's role is different, is vertical. This other one is horizontal. It's horizontal. Yeah. And so Musale Mudavadi is also different from any other cabinet secretary. Absolutely. Aisha Jumwa with public service. Yeah. Or uh, the Minister for Water. Or Prophet Dr. Alpha Mutua with Foreign Affairs. Foreign Affairs. He's different. He's different. So Dr. Alpha Mutua cannot create we cannot expect to see office of the spouse of the to the, the cabinet secretary, secretary foreign affairs for, yeah we can't obviously we can't i mean what we said earlier is <laughs> that take a break on that man on that <laughs> as we take his break <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah because we're talking about i mean we are establishing tradition we are establishing tradition where we are seeing offices you know we can see the office of the first lady the office of the spouse of the deputy president mm. now can we also see office to the spouse of the minister for cabinet secretary for water There's irrigation no and sanitation or spouse to the principal secretary I mean, <laughs> 28 minutes to eight dr martin law is our guest this morning he is a constitutional lawyer he is a law lecturer he's also an analyst on matters politics and governance he's our guest we are talking about the legality of the office of the spouse to the prime cabinet secretary this is the situation room the only way to start your day. This continues with Dr. Martin Law. We're talking about the office of the spouse to the Prime Cabinet Secretary, the newly established office where uh, Mrs. Tessie Mudavadi Musalia will be, of course, superintending this office. And the Prime Cabinet Secretary said, you know, the days of when our spouses would just be appearing. So when Musalia is appearing for any state function, He's there accompanied by Tessie. When he is uh, performing some of his duties, like, you know, in, in the community, the wife is alongside him. And she also is approached by very many people who are seeking support in various issues and various causes. She has personally taken up some of these causes herself. She says, okay, so I've been doing these things anyway. Mm. And people invite me to this, not on, only on the account that I am Tessie, but because I am the spouse too. Why not just formalize this so that I can actually do it better? City. Salam Davidi was a vice president. Yes. Still had the same wife. Mm. Okay. At that particular point in time, yeah, it was a short stint, yes. 
and the roles that you mentioned that were actually being performed by the first lady according to what you say she has uh, has been reported that she said mm. were there this issue of public service is something that people often engage in and when you are a politician and Musalam Adabadi has been a politician for a long time mm. and he's held very senior position for a long time those functions are always there there are things that are demanded and required of you mm. okay now i personally do not have a problem with this office none whatsoever mm -hmm. if you want to establish an office if you want to give functions to the spouse by all means my problem is when you set in motion a process that runs contrary to the law what have you actually set in motion what message have you actually sent what are you telling people so it could even run contrary to the good intentions that are there mm. you, you look at first ladies across the globe the focus on trying to help the vulnerable is something they all engage in charity events some of them as i mentioned the first uh, lady of rwanda the appointments to as a, a special envoy for unaid who the foundations she set up mm. they do these things now it is noble it is correct because when somebody is a politician and they have government positions they'll be engaged with that but there's social matters that perhaps the spouse would be in the best position to attend to my problem i repeat is when the law isn't followed what then are you setting in motion because that very good thing that you have started will unfortunately be darkened by that cloud of non-compliance with the legal requirements therein lies the problem in my view if i was to ask you ct yes what in your opinion is the procedure the legal the lawful procedure of establishing such an office i actually don't know i i, I would i would rely on our brother here to mm. explain that first of all even before we get to the issue of the spouse the position of the prime uh, cabinet uh, secretary needs to be legalized let, 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 let's start there mm. so if it is statutory it's a law we know this is a position that we will always have then the matter of the spouse now uh becomes should we say secondary to the issue mm. so when you set up an office which is attached to an office which is not legally constituted then again i said that is where my problem arises so yeah the need to have two deputies because essentially that's what we have this president has two deputies. Mm -hmm. If that's what he feels he needs to run the government, by all means. Again, the problem is the law hasn't been followed. Sure. Yes. Now. Mm. So now, so Martin, I mean, mm. now this is the thing, and I think we're asking the question from a legal point of view. An executive order is not sufficient then for the establishment of something constitutionally. Is that not right? That's right. So beyond an executive order, there still needs to be the legal process through which this establishment will occur. Now, once that happens, and I think I was going to ask that question because then I've seen that somebody else has asked as well, that if we're saying this office as it is, whether it's technical or not, that legally it has not been established, then how then do you allow for the release and use of funds, which are public, then to run the same office? You see, I'm not even talking about the spouse's office. No, yeah, I'm the, still the, talking about the principle. 
No, I want us to be very, very clear about what we are saying here. In the executive order number one of 2022, the president is exercising his powers to constitute cabinet and to assign functions, including assigning a prime cabinet secretary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is legal. Okay. That's legal. The office of the prime cabinet secretary is created within the creation of cabinet. Yeah. That's legal. It yes. is a legal office. Yes. Now, having said that, certain functions are created in that that are cut, cross-cutting. Again, that is okay because that's how government, I mean, the president is organizing his government. Mm-hmm. But the thing we say, we are saying is that that role, and especially looking into the past and the future, was there before when uh, Uhuru Kenyatta created it, administratively. Mm. Uh, Ruto has created it, administratively. However... In his uh, promise and their uh, in their memorandum of uh, you know coalition, mm. he had promised that he will create he'll bring a law to create that office mm. because he knows that the, that office needs to be created by law. Mm. We are saying, and I agree with what City is saying, that we have created it under the cabinet sector, cabinet secretary, which means that it is an elevated cabinet secretary level, but it's a cabinet secretary level. Okay. Yep. Now we are creating in that an office of the spouse. The spouse. Mm. Does that give room for anybody else? And and this mischief can go on. Because well, yeah. where will you stop? Yeah. Where will you stop? Because then you can have yeah. the PS yeah. opening. No, no, office. just say the cabinet. We can have the entire twenty-something cabinet. Or each saying they want to create an office of the spouse. Would yeah. they be right? Yes, they will be following a president. Would that be the the best way for us to use our money? Perhaps not. The only thing that is being done here, which I think is important for us to note, mm. is that by creating this office, what the Prime Cabinet Secretary is doing is making it official that resources can be used to, char- to fund that office. That's what he's doing. Yep. And therefore putting it as a charge to the Consolidated Fund for purposes of running his office. Okay. No problem about it. Now, having said that, what we are saying is... It is an office that if we are going to go into the future, it needs to be in the law. But I'm also saying that our constitutional system, the architecture, the basic structure of our constitution is a presidential system. The moment you start creating offices below it that have powers that may use up the constitution or may undermine the deputy president's office or any other office that's created in the constitution, you start running into constitutional issues <laughs> so that either we are purely presidential yeah. or parliamentary but think, we always try to be something in between i think and i think, keep, I, think yeah. I think we are stuck we are stuck by our own history politically yes, yes. we are stuck where we see the name prime yes. we put minister. minister yeah and then we know a prime minister as we have seen in this country has executive functions that yeah. almost mirror and go like you know uh, they are deputizing the president, all right? Yes. Because that's what we saw with Jomo Kenyatta. That's what we saw with Raila Odinga, mm. right? Yes. That is what we are stuck with. But that's not the case here. This, like you've said, yes. is a minister, is a cabinet secretary. Only that, he could have been called prime cabinet secretary for, he could have called all these things, prime cabinet secretary for interior, prime cabinet secretary for coordination, prime cabinet secretary for water, or remove prime. Call him cabinet secretary for coordination. Mm. And give him the same, same five roles, and there would be no issue. But, therein is the issue. Why, is why, the did issue? He, why did he call it prime? Because, because he's trying to balance between 
what you Kenyans are used to which is what you want to see <clears throat> this man is not like everybody else but now this man after the tsunami in bombers of kenya he came and joined our coalition and he has a bigger stake it's a shareholding is issue it for kenyans this or person for has him for as the individual to feel that way him and the other, and those behind him okay you after bombers and signing the coalition and coming into the coalition and all i mean you are not like Just everybody else you. yes but is and it, you are you're doing the job of coordinating eric and if he had called Musalia, I'm just this is my thinking. If President William Ruto had actually appointed Musalia, given him these five roles, which, like you've said, nothing wrong at all in law, and called this office the office of the cabinet secretary for coordination of government, yes, people would have said, but now surely. Now you know, Eric. When, uh, but like when you call him Prime. Politically speaking, you've given him some. No, but he is. He, politically speaking, he has been given a role higher than everybody yeah, else. That's no, that's prime. true. Yes. But we need also to go back to our history, saying we are, our history is important. Yeah. What was BBI talking about? BBI was talking about creating a prime minister's Minister. office. Yes. BBI was about uh, making sure that we have room to feed our chiefs. You know, mm. we don't care about Indians. We want chiefs. We wanted to feed chiefs. Mm. Now, of course, you know that uh, President Ruto was very opposed to BBI. Yes. But behind, he was saying, if, if it was me promoting this thing, uh, no bad. But you see, when Azimio <laughs> coalition came in place, it had that, uh, the eyes on those structures. Yes. When Kenya Kwanzaa coalition came in place, it also had uh, those eyes on the structure. That's why the Prime Cabinet Secretary Office sits there. Mm. Between President U U Ruto and Raila, they agree they need a prime minister not for anything else but for purposes of balancing regional Politicals. politics yes that they agree mm. but having said that we need to go back to a number of other initiatives that are in the office for example the president has talked about creating the office of the leader of opposition yes and he's asking parliament to think about it think about it mm. he is creating funds and he's saying oversight funds of the of the senate and so on mm. The bottom line is, if you create those offices he's talking about, you run into a constitutional wall. Because this constitution does not anticipate a leader of opposition. Mm. It anticipates a minority leader and a, a majority, majority leader. Mm. This constitution does not anticipate uh, an opposition inside parliament. It actually sees parliament as working as one, only that the majority and minority majority are having their way and minority are having their say mm. that's what's happening in parliament not opposition for the sake of opposition mm. so you can't create an office of opposition with this current constitution yes so my <laughs> submission to us is that the president ruto same to people who are promoting bbi are sending mixed signals on the understanding of the basic structure and constitutional architecture mm. that we have in place it has no room for some of these things, including the office of which is why. Is that really the case, or is it that they understand this full well and they simply want to dismantle the constitution? Precisely, and that's why those of us who are for the constitution will always remind them: hey, "Wait a minute, that is not constitutional. That is an aberration. That is not uh, what was anticipated in the constitution." So the truth is, and that's why I said earlier: given the opportunity, our politicians, Kenyan politicians including the Nigerian politicians, mm. would love a constitution that declares them total presidents. 
Then you can organize government the way you want, you can create opposition the way you want, you can dismantle opposition the way you want. But the good news for Kenyans is this, and maybe we have not given ourselves enough credit. This constitution 2010 that we have is the bulwark. It is the rock that we have ever given ourselves. Running away from it, whether you're in Azimio or in Kenya Kwanza, will be a challenge. You saw BBI where it ended. Some of these initiatives will end up in court, including the Supreme Court. And even those who are in these offices know as well. It can head there. It can Gathara head. is asking a question. So we, before we go into Tessi Mudavadi's office, yes. let's look at the other two. The office of the uh, First Lady, the office of the spouse to the Deputy President. Are those offices in public service? They are not offices in the public service, so, so to speak. The question then is, are there budget lines that are created by the Treasury for those offices in those offices? And the, the answer is yes. You see, the President's office has a very big uh, chunk of budget around social issues, around entertainment issues, and those issues are actually carried around by the spouse, similarly to the President and similarly to the governors. Mm -hmm. So yes, these are offices not in public service, but the offices that are already coming into us. You see, like when you have a cabinet secretary today, there are certain uh, positions that the cabinet secretary is allowed by public service to come with. For example, your cabinet secretary, you can come with a, an advisor. Mm -hmm. If you want City Muga to advise you on matters, uh, everything else except uh, good things, you bring him. If you want Eric Latif to advise you on how to be corrupt, you bring him. So that, uh, anyway, but uh, <laughs> the point is that uh, what will make you effective, you can come with a certain number of officers. You're actually allowed. Allowed, yeah. And the yeah. person, will they draw a salary from public yes, service? Yes, yes, yes. So they will actually get recognition by the Public Service Commission. Yes. Actually, as a matter of fact, and uh, I have served as a legal advisor. Right. Mm. And I have, it was a public service uh, appointment, mm. but it's tied to the term of the president of the person mm. so for example if it's do uh, uh, here we are we, we are, we, we we are serving, um, uh, serving. Mm. when she's in office we are with her the day she leaves she leaves with everybody mm. and so those advisory positions are tied to the office in other words the the the, the government the constitution allows and the public service allows certain support systems mm. to be available to people who are appointed to be able to do their work whether as researchers advisors and so on and that applies to the judiciary and that applies to the legislature mm. so the legislators are given a number of staff to work with does that principle create the name of that office you see the I issue can call is, you legal advisor i can call you uh, any other name you see if you are going to work under the cabinet secretary mm. it is now for the cabinet secretary to create positions and make justification so you have to justify you don't just wake up and say you want your spouse to be and by the way this is something that has also become an issue for example members of parliament because they have a kitty that they can employ people around they start by employing their wives employing their children and that's now nepotism mm -hmm. but what you are being told is that look for that help the research and so on you know there's a president i think uh, one of the, you know these african countries who has employed <laughs> some family member and he says yeah that's very important that this one no, uh, just one yeah, yeah, precise their number one yeah. even has his son as his, as, as the deputy president so you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. so th those are now uh, these are abuses but certainly what the constitution is saying and what the kenyan public is saying that we know when we give you an office there are certain uh, uh, support systems that mm. you require mm. and we allow you to have to those people uh, for a time once you leave office, you live with them. Okay. Yeah. Politically, 
do you see a problem with the creation of the office of the spouse to somebody as big and important to a country as a prime cabinet secretary but i don't see a problem you know we in kenya politically speaking politically speaking this is a plus this is a we just are making sure that uh, our prime cabinet secretary is functional uh, his uh, wife has a official space uh, can uh, access f uh, facilities and uh, uh, facilitation around uh, air movement and so on so we've done that and politically it means that uh, our king is okay <laughs> you see these officers are not just uh, elective yeah. these officers are symbols they are communal they're communal so yeah the community is very happy you can imagine uh, where it has comes from and where you know everybody's happy that the office has been created so politically it makes a lot of sense the rest of what you're talking about is now legal constitutional issues but so if, and all right so if another individual were to come into the presidency for example and decides to do away with the prime cabinet secretary then for all intents and purposes this particular one then would be null and void would absolutely vacated essentially you see what the pres president ruto has done makes this office different from what president uh, uhuru did yes because what the role that uh, dr matianga had is different from the role or rather the naming of that role is different but mm. the functioning and maybe even the the the, the, the expansion of the uh, of, of responsibility is a bit different but essentially what you're saying is that uh, the uhuru had a different way of looking at it uh, president ruto has a different way of looking at it but eventually if I took over as uh, I could sometimes want to. Mm. I would say, okay, I don't want that office. Or if I want that office, we, but you know the problem, Michael, we are stuck. <laughs> we will still need a king of some region. Uh, we will still need to say, okay, now you people, we have given you speaker. You people, we have given you uh, prime cabinet secretary. You people, we are going to make you speaker of the national of Senate. Mm. So there is a way in which our politics are organized with ethnic blocks. with realities and world. when these people come for example when Musaila comes and sits as PS, PS, prime cabinet secretary there is symbolism with it and that's why the creation of the office of the uh, you know spouse is also very symbolic because then the king is complete with the, the spouse the champion is here <laughs> yeah <laughs> but when Kawira Mwangaza brings husband we have issues now that's my only problem I have, but yeah, I was against this, and I'm so glad that the uh, Senate agreed not to uh, entertain. Yeah. Because this, this man, this lady was just being hounded because the man for, for a while was now looking not like a flower boy, but now like somebody <laughs> who was part of uh, Power Jerry. Uh, and I thought that was not a bad idea. <laughs> and we should continue to encourage men, particularly male spouses, mm. to be able to also enjoy what the female to assist, yeah, to assist. Mm, the yeah. office yeah. Of the, the main person yeah. but you see when all is said indeed mm. uh, you know that these spouses actually make the decisions eh? the pillow talk makes decisions so what you see being uh, expressed in public has been discussed analyzed and sometimes decided uh, not even that even mm. during the entire political campaign process yeah. they are involved yeah i mean the first lady of any county yeah will have played a key role yes. in campaigns yes. in the campaign period she'll have mobilized women mobilized those the constituencies that she's concerned yes. about she, she will not be a flower person she'll be actually part and parcel of it yeah yeah so she, when they take office uh, she should be around again to mobilize for 2027 <laughs> why not <laughs> <laughs> dr martin Alo, thank you very much for joining us